3: we had a massive response uh, Mr Jules Gill I probably should say and probably shouldn't introduce the show it's the Entitled Banter Podcast I'm Scott Taylor for your Jules Gill
2: I am Jules, as many times as I try and deny it, I am unfortunately (laughs) me.
3: I thought we would, uh, because every single week we ask people what's on their minds, what sort of questions do they want us to dive into, what sort of thoughts do they have in regards to the gaming industry, but also we had a bit of an emo theme this week, I forget what started it, you posted a funeral for a friend thing. Right, okay, so
2: what happened was, is that uh, I was filming a choose your own adventure, and uh, I was talking about how uh, 2003 was a great year to be alive, and then all of a sudden (laughs) the the only thing that popped into my head that happened around that time, I was like, you know, for a friend, what album did they drop there? And mm. after some research, it was uh, casually dressed in deep conversations. What an absolute banger oh. of an album! And they're from down the road from where I'm living now in Ponty. Okay, which is, uh, yeah, quite you can interesting. Get them on the show and then we started talking about uh because we were talking about welsh uh hardcore slash emo acts that came up through then we started talking about bullet for my valentine because mm. they just released a new uh, a song and then we were like bring out the nine, they're also mate. welsh and just down the road as well and then we're just like oh, oh it's just a cavalcade <laughs> of emotions coming back from 2003 to 2006
3: it's a big old jamboree so i thought like alongside asking for people's gaming questions and stuff i just thought i'd ask what's the best bullet song because i do they don't really have a go-to i mean maybe this is controversial they don't have a go-to big radio single they don't an not entered sandman they don't have a sweet child of mine they don't have one of those go-to songs even though when people start suggesting them obviously these are all absolute bangers so yeah a lot of people um a lot of people voted for or said hand of blood a lot of people said waking the demon and right. a lot of people said screaming fire but also yeah. alongside that was uh, your betrayal don't need you tears don't fall four words to choke upon suffocating under words of sorrow hearts based into fire forever and always which was a hell of a show right. and right. all these things i hate revolve around you
2: there's a lot of like very <laughs> decent songs that they have made, but if it was up to me, it's Four Words to Choke Upon is yes. the absolute all-time banger because I I had that uh, initial EP that they released uh, back in like, oh, God, 2004 yeah. or five wherever it was, uh-huh. and it had just the two songs on it, which was... Um, uh, Forwards to Chocobon and uh, oh, what was the other bloody song that was on there? The it York was uh, Hand of Blood, Hand of Blood was yes. on that one as well. Hands so, of
1: Blood,
2: yeah. So I had both of those and I was just like rinse them down because oh. I remember at that time just getting so into EMA because my friends Stu and Ollie were basically like they introduced me to all of those <laughs> things like Alkaline Trio, they introduced me to like uh, Black Flag, uh, mm-hmm. like loads of like uh, sort of punky. Alternate metal stuff, and I was just like, "Oh, this is brilliant!" And then I found that and showed it to them, and they were like, "Oh, mate, this is stonkingly good! This is wicked, <laughs> mate! This is wicked!" <laughs> it's around the time that Chop Suey came out as well. What a oh time God. to be alive! What, what a time, what time to time. be
3: alive! Uh, just for two old men reminiscing on things that were now 18 years ago. I know. Uh, um, still, I mean, that's the thing. Some people in the comments said, "Could we had a massive response to this, which is lovely." I think I might do more random music questions going forward. Um, but yeah, we have.
2: Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> mate. So now that what culture music's dead, we might as well, you know, I'm <laughs> we do
3: something for it. You've yeah. got to get these takes out there. But um, yeah, a couple of people, couple of people said, are Bullet actually emo? Because in my head, when I was in high school, they were just rolled in with all the other sort of like gothy emo mate, stuff. So, mates,
2: were they emo? I Come would say so. On. Of course they bloody were. <laughs> of course they were screamo to the core. Because I mean, if you look at any of their early music videos, they had mm. all of the hallmark trappings of emo uh, music videos. Playing it was, in a forest. Uh, pretty, pretty woman wearing uh, fishnet stockings, uh, crying, <laughs> uh, long-haired free Hinges, lots of that rotating headbanging pose thing almost the crab core style stance when they were doing the heavy <laughs> riff drop bits and then when it came to the nice beautiful choruses it was sort of like oh look at me i'm so tender i'm a bad boy but inside i'm just a wee little boy looking for a cuddle
3: oh god the thing is with with bullet over the years as well because i have such a soft spot for bullet because I, lo- I obviously grew up on the poison screaming fire trying yeah. to stick with fever as best as possible i think most of fever yeah, is solid right. fever, the title no, track the, no no title fever, track is bad
2: fever is dogcock. cock it is not awful, all of it, it. it is, oh, i don't like it all well. that's, that's, on that's the moment when they were just kind of like you know what let's not try and let's just try and <laughs> fill stadiums <laughs> instead lads do you want to just dull back the effort a bit and they just went yeah sounds oh, good to
3: me that was i remember that being uh talked about on metal hammer's podcast podcast as their like go-to black album like they were going to make this metallica black album style release that would be never, the one that got never them...
2: claim that never make that well, claim if you're a musician never say this that is going to be the like thing... the beatles white album this is going to be the black never yeah, say that
3: that was what avenge said for their hail to the king album as well which it kind of came true for them because they got to headline download off the back of it but um right, in yeah, terms of do bullet... you,
2: but do, yeah but do you measure success by how many records you sell or what the musical content you create in because ha- mm. like uh, hail to the king is like a, it's fu- it's full of Stadium bangers, as in like it's just made rip Johnny everybody. Yeah, it's it's just it's just like parody albums, but like (laughs) it's it doesn't have anything uh, uh, that separates that Mm. and says this is one hundred percent Avenged Sevenfold. Give me um Backcountry, give me um Seventh trumpet whatever it was called. Oh, this sounding the Seventh trumpet Yeah, they they should have headlined a long
3: time ago on on the back of yeah things like Backcountry or even the self titled one. Um, Give me Brompton cocktail in the middle of a uh, a field.
2: But um, Sidewinder, that's where it's at, mate.
3: Sidewinder's good. (laughs) Anything where um, Sinister Gates himself is allowed to go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's I'm a fan of. But yeah, emo was a hell of a time. We're classing Bullet for My Valentine as emo. All these songs that we mentioned are brilliant. You're saying uh, four words is your top shout. I think. Yeah. I'll go Hand of Blood because I love the riff, but I also love Waking the Demon. Um. But yeah, their new song very very quickly. What do you think of their new song Knives? Because the thing that's what I was going to say before was I have a soft spot for Bullet, but mm. they have been through the ringer. They fell the hell off. Fever was the beginning of it. Um. The the what's the one that has riot temper temper? Yeah, that was oh, it's
2: just they, embarrassing for him.
3: Venom was, like, a they tried to do, like, another Poison-style album, yep. but I don't think Matt took Singing those old-school lyrics, because he's always had really bad lyrics, but if you scream them, they're kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but if he sings them, they're quite bad. And then Gravity was, like, that
2: weird... Imagine Dragons style thing yeah. and it's yeah. just like dudes what are you <sighs> doing the problem is is that when metal bands get older unfortunately it's just they become uh, lighter as in mm. like they're just not able to summon that sort of darkness and energy that they had before it's I like even it, 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 it affects like even the biggest bands like Slipknot they went through yeah. some absolute hardships with the death of their bassist and you would think that that would conjure up a new sort of raw sense of energy but it's age age mm. is the thing that stops them from being able to harness that thing like, they're not going to be bouncing off the walls when they've got to mind their <laughs> bloody backs. Like, you know what I mean? I do
3: think that as you get older, you just aren't as angsty about stuff or aggy about stuff as you were when you were younger.
2: And you know what? It becomes it's it life. becomes a falsely. It's like, uh, yeah. if you are trying to um, summon that level of angst and anger, it comes from a place that isn't true. They're yeah. not suffering as much anymore. Most of the time, they've got very cushy jobs. They've got like very nice <laughs> non- bank account balances. They've got families. They're, they're, for all intents and purposes, pretty happy. Like, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I mean, that was the thing with uh, Lane Staley said that the old singer of Alice in Chains before he passed away when they did their Grind album he was like I'm having to literally force myself to be depressed to find subject matter because everything is fine (laughs) right now and I think that that can be a massive problem Um, but yeah Bullet for me they have such a I have such a soft spot for them I think they're a fascinating band I always want to see what they're coming out with and God help you if you've sat through all this conversation and you either have no (laughs) idea who Bullet are or you don't care about them or you're not the age that we were but just going off the response that we got I'm going to assume that a lot of listeners are Bullet My Valentine fans Um, so yeah some good songs to check out if you're not if you've not heard them before. Anyway, in terms of video game stuff, sure things. Question from Travis Nichols and um, who says Sam Fisher and Solid Snake both in their prime get into a bar fight. Who wins?
2: Uh ooh, I think Sam I... Fisher.
3: And I love Solid Snake. But I think what, you her... think that
2: you think that he'd outdo him in the close combat. Well, I just think, well because
3: Solid Snake doesn't know CQC. Like if you go, if you, if it was against Naked Snake, then Naked Snake could beat. Oh, I see. Right, you're going Poly technical. Snake, and I get you. Um, as far as I know, hasn't really trained in any specific. Yeah, he can do the double punch and the big spin mm-hmm. kick. But like that's kind of it. I think Sam Fisher is way more uh, trained in like specific takedowns. We've seen him do different grapples. We know that he's mm-hmm. really effective with that like, curved knife that he has. I just I think he'd take him.
2: But then again, if you think about it, if Sam's rocked up to the bar with his little like uh tripoint visor down, it's like the thing then, all Snake has to do is just throw one flashbang and he's blind. Like, it's you know, true. I
3: mean, if, oh, if he gets the chaff grenades
2: out, then yeah, then he's absolutely screwed because that's half, of his, <laughs> is, that's half of his tech gone. I still Plus, think I mean, we have yeah. to remember as well that if uh Snake is able to sort of do a little backwards cartwheel over flip over a table, he's got infinite ammo. He, he does, he's able I mean, to just the... literally rinse the entire bar. He can that's fire the a Nikita thing. missile and guide it into Sam's face. <laughs> to be fair, if it's
3: that's the thing, it's like Solid Snake in his prime, is it Metal Gear Solid One? Solid Snake is it twin mm. Snake, Solid Snake, mm. where he's back flipping off missiles in midair and everything. I'm gonna go with Metal Gear Solid Two. Solid Snake, like okay. Kurt Russell's Solid Snake, yeah. which does give him infinite ammo. Um, but he also, alongside the double kick, pu- double punch, kick thing, can only flip people over. And what can Sam Fisher do? He can roll. He can roll right yeah, out. He's gonna stand true. back up. He's back there. He's hit the right trigger.
2: He's do- <laughs> Do you know who actually wins? Uh, the, Gabe, Gabe from Siphon <laughs> Gabe runs in with his taser and gets them both.
3: Doing that weird side run that he does where sort of his oh, hips mate. run faster than he does. What yeah. a legend, eh? Um, they'd probably, maybe, they'd, maybe they'd kill each other. Who's your definitive shout for this? Fisher or Snake?
2: It's a tough one, isn't it, really? Because I feel like it all depends on who kind of throws the first punch because mm. you've, got, you've got the element of surprise in your side, which would definitely help. I'd have to go gut and on heart, I'd say uh, Snake. Oh, oh, okay. I not say snake.
3: Very fair, very fair. I think they're both sat next to each other drinking and all of a sudden one of them says something the other one doesn't agree with and it goes from there.
2: He, he's and like sipping. Cold-blooded. Sip in, puts it down, and goes, ah, I reinvented the stealth genre. And then the other <laughs> one just goes, no, I reinvented the stealth genre. My story actually makes
3: sense. Yeah. It just picks the hell off. Next question from Journey Evergreens. What possibly the best name that's ever submitted? a Question. <laughs> um, my only true great bullet album is the first one. No reason to skip a single track. But my question is, what game, if any, from the PS1 do you feel is super overlooked by most
2: games media these days? Uh, Well, it's it's... Mm. The PlayStation 1 is a very has a huge library of yes. games that just they have so many amazing titles in there that i could just pull at random and i reckon that i could elicit the same sort of response from scotch like oh my god i remember <laughs> that one like do you remember she, loaded and reloaded the top-down um shooter a game where you play this I, like prison convicts
3: i remember picking those up but i don't
2: think i ever bought it i know the artwork for it but yeah do you remember tunnel b1 where you fly down it's, it's like a puzzle game but you fly it's like descent
3: yeah oh my yeah these are things that i like picked up to try tunnel yeah. b1 not figure out as a kid that was like that Heart of Darkness where I did the beginning of it over and over again. Heart of Darkness is a great
2: one uh, Heart of Roll Cage. actually
3: absolutely, Roll Cage is brilliant me and you played Grip, that one yeah. time Grip is like the spiritual sequel to Roll Cage good times. Heart of Darkness I mean... should totally be held up though the animation in that is incredible
2: yeah the animation is but unfortunately the trial and error <laughs> gameplay kind of let it down quite it is a lot a bit like, like Dragon's Lair. I, I watched somebody do a playthrough of it the other day actually because I was doing some research for a list and I was mm-hmm. just like oh it does look fantastic but there's a few sections in it that are like unless you knew exactly where yeah. to go beforehand, you're just going to die I really, really
3: redid the intro for that over and
2: over again like me and my friends spent weekends trying to get through that game and never managed to if we're talking about games that were just absolutely phenomenal that do not get enough love, for me, it's got to be like something like Future Cop LAPD because oh. I thought that that was phenomenal yes. fun. Me and my cousin Neil played through that in the two-player mode and it was just so good. Future Cop absolutely is the it. best Transformers game that
3: isn't a Transformers game. Yeah, Like just going yeah. between vehicle to mech to that little... I guess, was there three modes of transport? Yeah, we were definitely a, vehicle, a car flo- mm. floaty thing and definitely a mech. Was it just the two? Yeah. And then I, think that you, and... I think you could turn into a helicopter, couldn't you? maybe it was the
2: floaty thing the helicopter possible sort
3: of that was 1998 or something but that was also made by visceral who eventually did dead space and everything. i tell you what mate can
2: you um help me out there's a there's a video game that came up for the playstation one and anyone listening at home if they can identify this it'd be great Because so i'd love to add this to my collection it you play as a police officer who drives a really high-tech car around and you basically have to like uh Shoot down criminals that are like driving around, and you absorb their parts into your car to make your car stronger. Yeah. It's a really bizarre game, and I've only got a demo of it somewhere, and I can't remember what it is. And it really annoys oh, me to this day that I can't figure out what it is. That makes me think of something like sp- it's not going to be Spy Hunter because that was on it's PS2. It's not Spy but- Hunter, yeah, yeah, I, Ooh. I, um, it was, um, Oh, I don't know what don't know what Whatever this
3: is this fits the bill as being something that's completely overlooked by games media because none of yeah. us know what it is but I'm going to say Heart of Darkness because I think that game should get more props for its animation even though it sucks to play through
2: I oh, will also give a, a big shout out to uh, Pandemonium 1 and 2 a nice. uh, great uh, sort of 2D uh, or 2.5D I guess you'd call them uh, platformer mm-hmm. games really really fun to play through mm-hmm. if you've not checked out, check mm-hmm. it out
3: check it out Massive shout. And next question from Derek McMullen, who says, I was into emo before it became a lifestyle and then it was ruined for me. Is there any game you loved until the fandom scared you off? Uh, There's not for me. I don't don't really... This sounds really brazen, but I, I really don't care what other people think on that level like it's not i I love rick and morty i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna run away from it because a bunch of people demanded szechuan sauce in the middle of a restaurant
2: yeah fair enough mate <laughs> i mean um i did have uh i, I was turned off of the fifa games uh, because of the fact that the people that used to play them in my friendship group were just absolute asses when they won but like <laughs> right. they they kind of ruined it there because they were so good the skill gap was so great between me and them when we were playing that i never had any fun because they would never teach me how to play the game properly it was mm-hmm. a case of just like oh we're going to play I'm going to win let's play again and I'm just like I'm just not having fun like like you're not yeah. telling me what you're doing and you're doing these tricks and when I ask you how to do them you're not telling me and I can't I would... be bothered to then go and look them up so it's like, it means nothing to me in that that's, sense.
3: That's that's a fair point if you've played against anyone who who lives like we're not sporty people necessarily but if mm-hmm. you have friends mm-hmm. who live on FIFA and all of a sudden you're getting lobbed you're getting all these different trick shots and everything Call of Duty kind of went that way as well if you don't keep up with the, 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 the ceiling yeah. of that player base then you're just going to get mulched every time you try and have a, a casual game or two but um yeah overall i mean yeah for me it's that general sort of thing where i'm like i'm gonna make my own decision on something and if the fan base gets disgusting
2: then okay but that's not me i wanted to get into something like league of legends but i've heard that Mm. that uh fan the community there is pretty toxic like because of the fact that there's a lot of aggression towards your characters that you choose or your heroes whatever they're called and like if you don't play in a certain way or if you don't use this teamwork exactly as you're told to do you Mm. just get berated and that like i don't like games that boil down to here's the meta you better play exactly to uh how we tell you to in mm-hmm. order to win because winning isn't how i have fun in games i have fun just playing around with different characters yeah. and letting me like ex- explore different avenues so when i'm just getting yelled at when i play like overwatch like oh you've chosen this character get off our team like <laughs> how how is this a fun game how is this yeah a fun that's the
3: first it's almost like pre-prescribed how you're supposed to have fun like, at the, yeah. the place, like come, come in here and take this box and it's like yeah. unless you want to do anything else it just sounds lame
0: fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Um, next question from Mackenzie Young, who wants to do a shout out to Hand of Blood. Massive shout, I
2: agree. Classic. Um,
3: what do you think or what do you do if a game asks you if you would like the difficulty lowered because you're stuck? This always feels patronizing to me and, and I struggle enough as it is. I hate this, Jules. I hate yeah. this with a passion. I yeah. despise when a game, when I've just died like five times in a row and it pops up just saying, no, <laughs> oh, oh, do you want it lowered? No, I don't want it lowered. I want to beat it how it is. I will refuse to go back to the main menu. That, remind, that thing when a game asks me, like, oh, do, oh, it's, you, know, do you want it lowered? That's like your parent telling you it's just a game, where it's just sort yeah. of, oh, I want to lower because yeah. it's just yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. not just a game. It's my life, and I need I, to beat I... it.
2: I tell you what's um, done that's approached the subject of uh, lowering difficulty quite well recently Mm. is uh, Ghosts and Goblins uh, Resurrection. I finally beat that the other day and I was really, really happy with myself. But I've noticed that when you die, it's not after like a certain number of deaths. It just gives you the options of uh, retry the entire area, respawn from the last checkpoint or respawn from the last checkpoint and lower difficulty. It Mm. always presents that as an option, but it never says to you, hey, look, you're struggling, just you want to do that. It Mm. just gives you the option there and then baked into the menu. Mm. If more games did that, if more games had like a, a die and instead of it saying, are you sure you want to continue on at a lower difficulty? If they just said like, by the way, there's option to lower the difficulty is always available to you yeah, and you can yeah. bump it up either side. Absolutely I definitely-
3: got like that old school and it's definitely my problem I did a whole video on this about like how the, the issue with like video game difficulty just came from the arcades it just came from yeah. companies trying to fleece as much money out of us as possible and over time that's become like a what you can't beat it on medium oh you how dare you put it on easy and I've definitely because I grew up with that I want to beat stuff on a prescribed yeah. difficulty um, I also prefer I don't know what your thoughts are on this like do you prefer when a game has a baked in difficulty like Dark Souls where you can't actually pick because I always prefer that I'm like as a if I'm someone experiencing something that's been created I want Whatever the difficulty is that the creator thinks it should be at, I'd yeah. rather that.
2: I can totally agree with you on that one because it allows you to create enemies that actually feel balanced towards the story or gameplay mm. uh, mode that you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. If you have like um, an artific- artificially inflated enemy that just has a huge health pool, it doesn't become fun to take down. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of experiencing that with uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they they don't change the enemy patterns or behavior or the spawn rate. All they do is they up the, uh, the amount of damage that they deal Which and I the amount hate. of health that they take. And mm. that creates m- matches that drag on for way too long. And it, it encourages you to basically be overpowered by the time that you go and face them. And that to me is a, a broken gameplay loop. So yeah. yeah, it does annoy me when I feel like um, the only thing that they do to adjust difficulty is just go, they hit harder, you take more damage, and they have higher health. If you're going to up the difficulty, mm-hmm. make so, so, make it feel like the enemies are also evolving so like um i can't remember which one it was i think it might be uh, ninja garden black Mm. it's a punishing game to begin with but if you play on the harder difficulty they up the aggressiveness of the um right the enemies, but their health apparently doesn't change, so they don't they still take the exact yeah. same amount of hits, but they're just more aggressive towards the player. See, and I think that, that that's a good way to balance it. That's
3: way better. There was, I can't think what it is. Maybe one of the Metal Gears did it where if you up the difficulty, the AI takes on different scripts that they didn't have before, like they'll hunt you down more, they'll root hmm. you out of cover more, and things like that.
2: I know that they yeah. did it on um, European Extreme because it's yes. like if you get spotted once, it's game over, mm. and um, I think that they did. Uh, Program the AI to be more aggressive in the hunting mode to make that feel more tense. That you could at any moment be seen once and then be sent right back to the. Because that thing that
3: you mentioned, like where I I hate that where it just feels like they're just tweaking numerics. Where it's just sort of mm-hmm. like okay, well your health is worth less. The bullets that they're firing are worth more, and you just die faster. There's no yeah. real like measure of skill there. Like that's kind of why I gravitate towards something like a Dark Souls, and um, where at least it is like it's a very specific difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess it's on in each individual um developer to decide what's best for what they've put together. Um, next. Next question from Tom Abbey. What's the best gig you've ever been to? Also for their shout outs for Bullet, it's Tears Don't Fall
2: or Hand of Blood. Nice, nice. Um, what, the thing is, this actually came up with my uh, friend Chris the other day. I mm. would call him Panama Chris because he just he, he looked great enough. Panama Chris. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, we were talking about our like favorite gigs uh, ever. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was cheating by putting in um, the, uh, what's called the Taste of... Taste of Chaos tour that Kerrang! ran back in 2006. Now, the lineup for that was uh, Killswitch Engage, uh, Funeral for a Friend, Reggie and the Full Effect. If you've not heard that band, they're absolutely hilarious. uh, And The Used. And I was like, and that lineup there was utter perfection to my teenage ears.
3: Yeah, Yeah, it was so good, man. That recommended like a um, a fest because my one for that because we did this on uh, on the uh, what culture music channel R I P although I think I don't even know if it's still
2: live maybe it's live it's not mate live. it's a, it's in it's in a state that um uh, <laughs> what's it called that film theory is in it lives yeah. until it dies and neither in between it's Schrodinger's we have, channel
3: we we haven't pronounced the body dead yet but there is yeah, a exactly. Body. But, um, yeah, on the music channel, we did do What's Your Best gig as, like, a chatty face thing. Um, and, I yeah, mine is always going to be uh, Sonosphere 2014. It's when the big four came back together, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax, back when they, they hadn't played together for, like, 30 years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Dave Mustaine came out and played next to Hetfield and Kirk Hammett for the first time. Amazing. And just, you know, that was just, like, dream come true for any sort of metalhead. It was awesome. Um, and that would be mine. And, like, getting everybody back together for the final big jam thing where they, they all played Am I Evil by... Um, I always get the name wrong. It's either Diamond Head or King Diamond because King Diamond
2: sang King Diamond, Diamond. Head, Oh, I've really? Watched. Oh, I can't remember.
3: It's Some sort of diamond-based artist did Am I Evil? And that was what they eventually covered, but all together with every, all the members of every band all in one place. So mine's always going to be that. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting back two gigs. Have you got any, oh, uh, any yeah. gigs booked for post-lockdown stuff?
2: um i can't remember i think that me and phil were talking about uh seeing if billy talent were doing a um, because we've always wanted to go Ballet and see Blues. them i've never been able to see them live and ah. i really would like to take that off but ah. i think that yeah i think it might be melt banana it might be something that, um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh because uh, unfortunately uh arc Tangent, which is the festival that i love going to has been cancelled this year so mm. we're like we're completely bereft of musical choice down here to be mm-hmm.
3: fair. yeah we were going to do uh download coverage like i mean we've we've, we've mm-hmm. been meaning to do download coverage for the last few years but obviously this year it was that pilot thing where it was a smaller yeah. audience anyway but maybe next year we can get back on stuff uh in full um next question from jack asbury who says yeah it's that time of the week again it <laughs> is uh my U-B-P, question U-B-P. U-B-P, U-B-P. my question is do recent games like ratchet and clank and resident evil aid go to show the quality always beats quantity I guess that means in terms of sequelization and stuff, because there's been a hell of a lot of Resident
2: Evils. But I guess well, there's, there's been big gaps between them, though, yeah. hasn't there? Apart from the um, the remakes, obviously, they kicked them out pretty quickly after mm-hmm. so we, were, we were told that that was going to be a thing. I, I do think that it's. Um, it's very important for us for video game series to know when it is right to do a sequel because yeah. you do end up feeling quite stagnant sometimes if you're just constantly recycling same ideas or you're just doing minimal tweaks because mm-hmm. you can only perfect something so much before fans are just like, why am I even bothering to pay for this? Mm-hmm. Um, the FIFA games, games, for sports example, sports the, and um, stuff, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the WWE games up until recently, <laughs> suffering heavily from that because they weren't allowing time to fix core problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that uh, Quality definitely will win out over quantity. Uh, and it just makes me look forward to when those games do finally drop. Like, the jump between Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2, when Oof. that drops later this year, it is this year, right? It's,
3: like, it's out in August. I think it's the 25th of August. Like, I'm like, I, I, actually real. I know.
2: I'm so happy <laughs> that it actually is in existence. Mm-hmm. So, I i can't wait i cannot wait for that game
3: i'd always happen. yeah i'd always i want um, developers to take as much time as possible sometimes it makes me worry that they're taking too long and it's the bottom's just going to fall out like i think it's yeah. a near miracle that psychonauts 2 is coming out like the amount of different funding options that mm-hmm. tim schafer's explored to get it to come together and um, like i was watching a compilation of back when he was asking for crowdfunding and he had that whole thing where he was like oh if you fund us then you get a share of the profits and it was this whole experimental thing yeah it's just it's been psychonauts 2 feels like it's been in development since psychonauts 1 at this point but yeah. hopefully it's out in august um and um the next question on which is you know a brilliant question from sam Tompkins. out of the four main roast dinner meats chicken lamb beef pork how do you rank them for me it's lamb beef <laughs> pork and then chicken, which is madness to me because chicken feels like it needs to be the first one, unless he's doing reverse order. I mean, he's it was... doing
2: it. Yeah, surely he's doing pork reverse pork order as, as in like chicken is the top one.
3: Even if he's doing that, I mean, for me, chicken is definitely number one. I know it's the most versatile of meats and I know that mm-hmm. a lot of people, because of that, they, they say that it's bland and stuff,
2: but I, for me, chicken would be number one. Then I'd have beef,
3: then I'd have lamb and then I'd have pork, I think.
2: Well, the I thing think... is, with, like lamb's always a bit divisive, isn't it? Because mm. it's like... um it depends on where you go in the world to get it cooked like if you have like new zealand lamb it's very different to like Icelandic lamb and stuff like that and even as a now vegan i've tried enough lamb to know which ones i like and which one i don't and sorry right. mum, i don't like the way you cook your your <laughs> lamb your, your lamb there it's literally like eating a door wedge that's covered in mint like i i love you to pieces but jesus christ calm it down a bit just a boot it's just so dry mate i, I feel like you could use it as a household sponge like it's just <laughs> but uh, with it yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> just in through the window with a brick um the thing is is that uh, i i feel like pork gets a bad rep because yep. i feel like it's most people just do like pork chops or pork ribs That's and then it becomes about it up, the yeah. sauce like rather than the actual meat itself but i don't know like it's it's a fine meat i mean i guess that i would probably put if i was to go off the vegan train i'd mm-hmm. say my tip top would be beef because mm-hmm. I, I do i do enjoy or did enjoy a steak or two in my time mm-hmm. uh then it'd be chicken because i just adore the versatility as we were saying before uh then i probably put pork and lamb at equal pickles down the bottom really fair fair the,
3: the the pork chop thing is definitely what set me down a wrong path when i was a kid i got served mm. a very tough pork chop like you said and just never really recovered from it i like pork for me has to be in sausage form if it's going to be in
2: chunky like yeah. cutlet form it's not going to be for me but the other ones are all good well, um, I think with the with the pork chop scenario that we were talking uh, about before like with the <laughs> bank robbing you throw my mum's uh, lamb through the window to break the window and you can use the pork chop underneath your t-shirt as the gun <laughs> just fri- you could just frisbee it just oh, sort yeah, of, like really try and take bonk. out three or four people at once and um,
3: a final question from laughing Sunbro, irregular absolutely oh lit- what a ledge. Bro, who says check it lads Masahiro Sakurai needs you now Masahiro Sakurai is the um, Super Smash Brothers um, creative lead lead director dude Um zombie ninjas have kidnapped the prime minister are you are your Super Smash skills elite enough to save him task one pick the pick the final mystery smash fighter no rules who do you choose waluigi or rex the queen josh brown who joined the <laughs> so we josh get to cast jabbed, so he's he's alive again now
2: so we get to um we get to uh, cast the final place one
3: of... one smash fighter to help them all i mean i know exactly who mine is yeah.
2: That's a, that's a tough one. Go on then, who, who do you get picked?
3: Mine is Doom Slayer. Mine is a million percent oh, the Doom guy, because he needs to be in Smash Brothers anyway, but that dude, you point him in whatever direction you need him in. I mean, he might end up killing the PM
2: to save them, but he'd <laughs> retrieve it. There's the, he, the fine print. He'd throw the corpse back on the, uh, onto the uh, <laughs> the table and just be like... <laughs> you
3: just shrug, cock his shotgun, and walk off again. But technically, he has retrieved the Prime Minister. So I don't know if there's any, anything better than that.
2: I, I feel like you've set, you've set the bar incredibly high there. <laughs> I feel like, uh, I'm just trying to think of going through all of the gaming mascots throughout uh, history and thinking mm. who deserves another sort of resurrection. I, see, um, from,
3: yeah, I went down like the all-powerful God route because I was like, I don't think anything can actually
2: take down the Doom Marine. I personally would say that maybe um, Azura from Azura's Wrath might oh, give him a run for his money. Imagine just that, just steps annoyed. in there. <laughs> actually, um, <laughs> Ken from Fist of the North Star like yeah on the e! would be is that... absolutely hilarious see the guy that punches people so hard they explode they sort of yeah. the air and explode the translation is something like you're an idiot because you don't already know you're dead or something like that and it's just kind of like <laughs> then they just go like they explode and swell like that would be imagine how gory and graphic it would be to have that move inside a uh, smash Bros. that is a
3: massive shot honestly like the amount of because they just put Kazuya from tekken into smash Bros., which i didn't yeah. see coming I, I love Kazuya, but i was like that's a weird pick there's so oh, many other ones they could have done
2: I know who I'd pick actually. And it would be a reference to Nintendo's uh, old days. I'd get, um, what's his name? Max from Mad World. Oh god, that the guy with the big leather jacket. Yeah, the, yeah, the leather the jacket twice. and the chainsaw, yeah. uh, sword for the hand. Like that'd be amazing <laughs> if you had him in there. Then it would also it would pay homage back to the fact that Mad World was bizarrely released only for the Wii.
3: I was gonna say I always feel like Nintendo want to forget that even happened because it's like the goriest thing they've ever had out. I can't think of any other yeah. game that's been more adult, well, even no, though it's Wii Wii the too. they
2: have Man too had Manhunt 2. They had Manhunt 2 on it.
3: They had Manhunt, yeah, which you could using the motion controls batter someone to death with a. Toy. Oh, it was Just grim. Use the Weibo. It was. But, grim. Um, Not to worry. For now, though, this has been the Untitled Partner Podcast. I thought I'd have some sort of other outro, but I don't. So I'm going to cut (laughs) straight to the final bit. This has been the UPP,
0: the UPP, UPP, UPP.
3: Ivan Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you for having me, mate. Thanks to everybody for submitting their questions, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.